0: Moving forward, John Lim here, and we're moving forward today with Will Mitchell. He's the co founder of Startup Bros blog, which provides a platform for those fed up with their day jobs to make new starts as entrepreneurs. Since starting Startup Bros, Will and his team have launched six successful multi million dollar businesses selling both physical and digital products. And did I mention that they're all college dropouts? You can learn more at their website, startupbros.com. How are you today, Will? Not too bad. Thanks for having me, John. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, Will, you have done some amazing, amazing work. So I want to start out by asking you, what is your big why and how did you discover that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, uh, I've gotten a lot done at an early age just because uh, just like, you know, be moving forward. I'm constantly trying to move forward and uh, uh, just never stop and stagnate. So my my big why, though, um, kind of goes back to why I got started at such a young age. Um, I, I and, personally, and Will, for our think,
0: listeners, I mean, how young was young? I mean, at what age did you get started on the entrepreneurial path?
1: Yeah, so I started selling online when I was 12 years old was wow. my first online sale. <laughs> and what were um, you selling online? At that point, I was just kind of selling anything I could find. I, I discovered that you could buy products from China on Alibaba and things like that. So I was just trying to connect at first, you know, my, my friends and kids at school with products. So I ended up going into counterfeits, uh, first of all. So counterfeit <laughs> purses and things like that so obviously didn't actually last too long. I mean,
0: so you were essentially you were getting into private labeling and sourcing products from China. To, I mean, and you were doing this at such a young age. Where did you get the idea to do that?
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, So from a very early age, I kind of knew that the last thing I wanted to do was work for someone else or go to college. Uh, Even at 12 years old, I I was already kind of planning, you know, at 18 years old, how can I make sure that I don't have to go to college or get a job? (laughs) And and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm so curious.
0: Well, I mean, is entrepreneurship that something that runs in your family? I mean, what was kind of your what kind of gave you that bug from such a young age?
1: Yeah, definitely something that runs my family. Uh both my parents are entrepreneurs and they actually had me when they were seventeen years old. So we were on public aid and you know all the whole the whole uh horror story of uh mm. <laughs> having such a kid at such a young age. But um but they started their first business when they were twenty one years old. Wow and uh by the time I was seven years old, um they had sold that company. So uh so I, I kind of saw really early that you, you don't need to pay your dues. You don't need to go work in the corporate world for 15 years to do what you want to do with your life. Uh, just through hard work, determination, and kind of a, a passion for proving people wrong, you can get out there and change the world and change your life. So Absolutely. I saw from a very early age that this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to do entrepreneurship. Obviously, my parents didn't want me to um, because they, they wanted me to go to school. and They were saying, Go to go to Ivy League school. You're going to go to Harvard. It's going to be great. You're going to have all these opportunities that we didn't have. Yeah, and, uh, my parents and were the course, same way.
0: Well, I mean, they were they were both entrepreneurs, small business owners, and they were pretty much they tried to steer me away from entrepreneurship for the longest time. So I think I think that's kind of common.
1: Yeah, interesting how that is. You know, I, I talk to so many people too that um, their friends and their family and their loved ones, when they tell them about how excited they are about these business opportunities. A lot of the times the family members and the loved ones will say, hey, or discourage them more than encourage them. Um, It makes sense, though, because, you know, our our parents, they our parents, they want us to do something safe. They don't want us to go out there and and risk the farm, uh, risk going bankrupt on some harebrained idea. So, you know, entrepreneurship, I I think it is a very individual journey. And that's one of the things that fueled me was people telling me that you can't do this. This isn't the right path. Uh, when, when people tell you that, you know, you tend to go prove them wrong. So, Yeah, and, and you started at a young age. So, I mean, uh, fill in a little bit
0: more of the story. So you started, you started basically getting into the entrepreneurial world at age 12. I mean, what led you to start up a blog and creating an incredible platform where you're essentially giving all these f- incredible resources on how to get started?
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that. I'm glad, uh, glad it's uh, making an impact. Um, there was a, a lot that happened, as with any entrepreneurial journey, you really only hear about the successes. So sure. there were probably 30 to 40 failed businesses in between startup rows and my first couple of uh, businesses when I was really young. But um, so I was selling counterfeits at a very young age uh, that only lasted for about a year or two before I you know, obviously got shut down because counterfeits are <laughs> right. not uh, a long term business at all. Yeah. 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 Don't. Uh, so for all, all your listeners, definitely don't go into counterfeit. <laughs> That's not the uh, not the takeaway here. But, um, but yeah. So after the after the um, counterfeits, I discovered that e-commerce works. And I was so young at the time. I didn't have a reputation to go out there and sell to people um, like if, if I was trying to go into local businesses and sell them marketing services kind of like, well, hey, that's cute. Here's this 14-year-old kid trying to sell us marketing services. So no one was really buying anything from me because of my age. And that's why I thought e-commerce was so incredible. You can get started with absolutely no experience, no track record, uh, no reputation. No one really knew the person behind my products. So my products really spoke for themselves and sold themselves. So I I was really into that idea. And that's why I stayed in e-commerce even after the counterfeits got shut down. I um, spent a good six months trying to find different products to sell. Eventually ended up on airsoft rifles, mm-hmm. um, half because they were a good opportunity and half because it was a lot of fun to have uh, hundreds of airsoft rifles to <laughs> run around with, with me and my friends. Um, so I did the airsoft business for a while, and uh, that one worked out pretty well. Um, ended up, at, at, by the time I was 16 years old, I had made over $200,000 on just the airsoft business. Wow. So at that stage, I had just completely become disillusioned with school and this entire kind of corporate um, mainstream success uh, pathway that they kind of sell you in school of, you know, go to school and work hard and get good grades and go to college and then you'll be successful. Yeah, Um, if you don't get laid off first, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm being told this by, you know, my teachers and my principals and guidance counselors. And, you know, deep down, I'm saying, you know, I, I think I'm making more money than you are right now just sitting in my room selling products online. So yeah. what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then so,
0: I mean, t- talk about, you know, I mean, I'm so curious, though, I mean, because you were already very successful and you could just continue, you know, building on your own success. But now, I mean, what led you to want to share this information and this knowledge and, and really inspire more people to become entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, so through through a couple of um, businesses, I, I did the airsoft business until I was about seventeen. Um, there were a couple things that happened between uh, seventeen and twenty-one about for me, but um, but at twenty-one, I, I bought my first uh, e-commerce company. It was me and two other investors. We went and actually acquired an e-commerce brand, and um, and it went really well for like two three years. It was just absolutely blowing up, but all of a sudden I found myself in the exact situation that I was always trying to avoid. My whole life had been about trying to avoid a nine to five job. And all of a sudden with these different investors and it's a bigger company and all of a sudden I mm. found myself in a nine to five job. Yeah. So, um, so I was just beating my head against the desk basically every day I would come in <laughs> and already sweating bullets by the time I walked in the door just wow. cause I, I didn't want to be there. And I was thinking about leaving. So, um, so at that point, I honestly was just freaking out at my desk, and I needed some type of entrepreneurial uh, venting, um, some, some type of outlet to vent all this energy. And uh, so I started Startup Bros as just a, a personal blog, and, um, and it, it just blew up beyond, uh, beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Because, yeah, originally, I mean, Startup Bros was just supposed to be a place for me to write about entrepreneurship and do some personal blogging. But within, you know, six months of starting Startup Bros. Um, the information we were giving out because we weren't trying to be marketers and because we didn't need to sell things on the other end, um, our information, people, you know, from what readers told us was just way better than what everyone else wow. was uh, was posting about. So really quickly, it, it started to just pick up from word of mouth. And um, I was getting tons of emails every day about it. And uh, so so over the course of a couple years, I, I've really transferred most of my time uh, into startup bros and out of our e-commerce company. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing. It's not, I mean, uh, that is so cool that it started out as an outlet for you. Uh, it's so ironic because you built up a a very successful business, but then you started finding yourself getting sucked into the lifestyle that you wanted to avoid. And so you started this thing just to vent. And now that has become, uh, you know, your, your primary vocation. I think that is so cool. Well, Will, I'm going to ask you, what is the biggest challenge that you face today?
1: You know, I, I think the biggest challenge with our business, so you have business challenges and personal challenges. One, one of my favorite parts about entrepreneurship and business is most of the time when I make giant leaps forward in my income and in my personal fulfillment, it's usually based on my own personality, mm-hmm. so um, so I'm always, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're we're always just obsessed with self development and personal development. So I'm always working on, you know, my own challenges and my own time management and productivity and things like that. Um, in terms of business challenges, though, I think the main problem we have is exposure. Um, you know, we we have uh, an inc- an incredible brand that's really, um kind of holding the torch and, and leading the way with what that mission is. And, and our mission at Startup Rose is, you know, since I've been 12 years old, I've been trying to destroy this idea of college and the corporate nine to five. Right. So that's what we're trying to do at Startup Rose And that message has really been resonating with a lot of people. Um, I think more and more people are seeing that you don't need a nine to five job. You don't need to pay your dues Um, you don't even really need an education. You just need to get out there and take a lot of action and don't give up. And as people are seeing that, um, our our message really resonates with them. So our main problem is just exposure uh, getting getting the message out there and getting more
0: people involved. And I also have to point out your message also resonates with those who are in the nine to five and want to escape, which is basically where where I ended up so I think you 're really really you know servicing two groups, and I think that's fantastic so will i a- 'm going to ask you so. Exposure seems to be the challenge that you're facing today. You've got a great, great message. You've got a great platform. So, what are you doing to tackle this challenge? And how are you gonna? How? What are you doing to work through it?
1: You know, when it comes to exposure, I think it's all about hustle. So, yeah. a lot of opportunities like like this right now, right? Um, so, I'm I'm always trying to do any type of podcast interview, any type of. Um, guest contributor, you know, I'm always looking for ways I can add value to other people and um, and kind of exchange exposure for that. And then um, the main problem with exposure, too, when it comes to marketing online, a lot of the times it comes down to time. How yeah. can I do more with yes. less? Because every year there's a new social media platform that <laughs> I need to have a presence on and there's yeah. more ad campaigns. And, and then now, the algorithm now changes
0: ad. once you keep uh, it's It's like this never ending treadmill, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we're always not only trying to stay on the forefront of all of these changes and all of these new, um, kind of angles of marketing, but, um, but also trying to systematize those things, proceduralize them, pass them down to different team members, or maybe even outsource them. So that's always the challenge. And, um, and that's a good challenge to have because yeah. I know a lot of people when they're first starting out, the challenge is just getting a customer. Right, um, right. But once you have a message that's resonating with people and you kind of have something to give them, something to make money with on the other end, um, the game just becomes putting people through that system and, and kind of, you know, uh, optimizing each step of that system. I, I love
0: it. I think that is so important and moving forward listeners. I hope you're getting inspired. I mean, Will has done something incredible. He's created this platform and he's gone through it. So, I mean, I encourage you to check it out.
1: Yeah. And just, just to, just to expand on that real quick too. Um, because I, I know any time I come on a podcast and, uh, and I kind of tell my story, I'm always, we're always talking about the success points in my story. So um, I want to make sure that people out there that are listening understand that, you know, you're really only hearing about three or four successful actions and, and businesses that I've started. But again, there there's so many failed businesses. There's, there's probably 30 to 40 failed businesses um, sprinkled in with those four or five successes. And uh, and that's an important thing to highlight. Because, yeah, I think you know,
0: you, I've, I'm glad you raised that because that's something that I also want our moving forward listeners to to also understand that it's not simply okay. I'm going to leave my job, and then all of a sudden the sprinkle is. I'm going to turn on the faucet. It's just going to rain like you know like water. So, Will, can you share with our listeners one of the failed businesses and what kind of what you learned from that? How you persevered through it?
1: Yeah, so I'll give you a recent one because I have tons of failed businesses. That you know, if anyone hasn't read the Lean Startup and understand the Lean Startup methodology, um, I'm always trying to get each idea I have to that point of failure, where it's either going to be it's going to be obvious that it either succeeded or failed. So I'm always thinking about the MVP and how to get um, each business to that MVP point, the the minimum viable product, and push that out there and see how it does. So, I mean, early in my career, I've had, you know, there was a point when I was doing, you know, a business a month, really. So I tried to create eBay competitors (laughs) and sourcing companies. And I mean, it just goes on and on. But um, even recently, even in startup rows, we're we're kind of always starting new businesses within startup rows to push out. So, you know, recently we did a a major conference in Orlando that was, you know, almost we wanted a thousand people there, but we got about 500 there. And uh, it was a major conference. We had Damon John from Shark Tank speaking there. We put the whole thing together in like two or three months, and, and including selling all the tickets and everything. And the event went great, but we ended up losing like $200,000. So, um, so it's, it's rough. You know. In entrepreneurship, you, you have to follow your heart and your passion and understand that a lot of things are going to fail. Um, but that's kind of what entrepreneurship is all about. It's yeah. not just about retiring and going on a yacht all day. You're going to have to work. Uh, at, we're all going to have to work on something. The beauty of entrepreneurship is someone else isn't determining what you're working on every day. You're kind of having fun with it while, while you're building these things. So yeah. some things are going to work, some things are going to fail, but you just have to uh, be moving forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's my question for you.
0: I mean, because I think that's the one thing, especially for those who didn't start out as entrepreneurs who are making that transition, that's kind of a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. So what advice do you have for someone who is maybe starting out as a side hustle and then decides to make the leap and then they face their first big hurdle or setback? What is something that helped you, especially you know, when you're talking about putting all your time and energy into something and not seeing the return that you may have expected? What kind of got you through those moments?
1: So the thing that got me through it is probably not the most inspirational thing but um but but I'm always going to be honest with uh, yeah your listeners so when when I was really young i there there's this story, and I, I think it's actually a false story but there there's this story about Julius Caesar uh, when he he's going to conquer uh, England, and the boats arrive at the shores and he unloads all the boats and everything, and all of his men, all of his soldiers are just kind of not into it. They're, they're not really feeling it. They're like, man, when are we going to get home? So Caesar went to his ships and burned every single ship down. And then he went to his men and said, hey, we have to conquer England now. It's either victory or death because we don't even have a way to get home anymore. So we have yeah. to conquer this country, build new boats and then go home. So it just changed the equation where it wasn't even an option to not succeed anymore. This is kind of what I did intentionally at a very young age. I'm actually a high school dropout, so I don't even have a high school diploma. And I knew that I was going to have a horrible resume. I would be completely unemployable. So I had to to do it myself. I had to create what, what Will Mitchell is, right? I had to create that from scratch through just hard work and blood, sweat, and tears. So not the most inspirational thing, um, but... But that's kind of what I did is I just removed all fallback. I removed my safety net. You burned the boats, as they say. Exactly. And from that point forward, it was a much different equation because even though I was only 13, 14, 15 years old at some of these points, um, I knew that at 18, I was going to be unemployable. I already had terrible grades. I was missing 30, 60 days of school a year. So I already knew that I was not employable and I had better figure out how to make 30 to $40,000 a year by the time I was 18 or else I don't know what I was going to do. Yeah. So um, so sometimes you have to get extreme with it. And sometimes you have to do things that, you know, aren't going to be fun, but, you know, it's going to make you a better person on the other end. And And that's kind of I don't know if I would have pushed through a lot of the failures if I hadn't, not had a safety net you know yeah.
0: no i think that's true and i think that's so important and i love what you're pointing out well i mean it's not just about the success stories it really is about having that hustle and really really that grind and being being determined to to make this your path and i i love that you're sharing that well Will, are you ready for the knowledge burst session I am. I am ready. All right, I'm looking let's do it. I'm going to it. Gonna tweak it just a little bit, actually, because we have so many Moving Forward listeners who I think are really interested in either starting a side gig, and for most people, for most of my audience, I mean, they may be people who are already in that corporate nine-to-five job, but they don't want to stay there. And so um, I want to ask you a question. As someone who is well-versed in both digital and physical products, what advice do you have for that listener who wants to get started? I mean, do you think that there's a um, – uh, what would you recommend, I mean, for a particular listener, digital or physical products and why?
1: So I think it kind of depends on, on what your style is to, to an extent. Um, I see a lot – for instance, we, we see a lot of people under the age of 30 going into digital products just mm-hmm. because they understand that world more. Um, A lot of people over the age of 30, and especially I I have a lot of people I work with that are even retired and their fixed income just isn't doing it for them. They need more income. So if you're over the age of 30 and and are more familiar with physical products – uh, that might be the right place for you. If you're under the age of thirty, I, I think there's a lot of abstract kind of internet knowledge that is tough to learn for someone that's retired, for instance. Yeah. That um that that you're just going to really excel with in digital products if you're a younger person. So it really depends on again what makes your heart sing. What what is your passion going to go towards? Because, again, like you said, John, it's a grind. So you have to do whatever you're going to have fun with. Don't even think about which one is the bigger opportunity because you can have success with either one of them. Um, You just have to find something that you're going to be able to grind at for at least a few months because most businesses, yeah, there's lots of courses out there. And I even have courses that teach you how to make money in the first 90 days and everything. But a lot of these businesses are a grind. And that's why you have to go towards your heart. You have to follow your heart and your passion. And whichever one sings to you more, whichever one you think you're going to be able to grind at more, uh, that's probably the one that you want to go with. Absolutely. Well, I'm
0: excited to ask you, I mean, as someone who is, uh, you know, always developing new ideas and businesses, do you have a favorite app website or resource that has really been indispensable for you in building your business?
1: So there, there's a few tools that are just absolutely essential. Um, mm-hmm. Like a huge, a huge game changer for me was when I really started to live by my calendar. Yeah. So Google Calendar is a big one for me. That's yeah, a big one um, for me too. Yeah. And, and it's a basic one and it sounds obvious, but if if you're listening right now and you're not the type of person that lives by their calendar, that's that's going to be a major change for you because once you just make a habit out of absolutely living by your calendar You don't let anything get on your calendar unless you're going to do it, Um, and then anything that is on your calendar, you absolutely have to do. Once you get into that mindset on a, and habit on a subconscious level, it frees up a lot of brain space and a lot of processing power to work on actual problems and not just try to you know, remember dates and times and things like that. Yeah.
0: So do, do you, that's you have a, huge, a particular hack, though, for using Google Calendar? I'm curious if you have a, a particular practice that has really made the best use out of it.
1: You know, over time, our Google Calendar, as with all of our tools, it kind of adapts and you create your own systems over time. So, um, so you know, we, we have four or five different calendars for for different aspects of the business. Um, but but really, I mean, really, we're just using it at a pretty basic level. So, um, but, but I have tons of productivity hacks, too. Like one really weird one that I'm doing right now and I've been doing for about a month now is um, I actually have a video light, so like mm-hmm. a photo video light, that is behind my monitor and above it, and it just literally shines a super bright light into my face all day. <laughs> um, this kind of, you know, hijacks your brain chemistry and to make you really awake and really alert. Um, just a random one, but that, that's something that's been really working out well for me as well.
0: Interesting. Well, you, you shared two for that one. So moving forward, listeners, you got a two for, for one. And, <laughs> well, I'm excited to ask you. I mean, so this is a new question that I'm asking this year. What is one small step or choice that you're making today, whether it was this morning before our interview or after our interview? What is one activity or choice that you're making to move forward?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And um, obviously this podcast is uh, is one of the small activities that, that we're doing today. Mm-hmm. But um, but after this, I'm going to be sitting down with um, my director of content marketing. And, um, and I've kind of been working with one of my team members for the last few months now to make him our director of content marketing. So uh, he almost started out as my personal assistant and I've just grown him and, and he really understands how I think and how uh, our content marketing should work. So right after this, I'm going to sit down and just continue to build out systems and things like that. Um, today, we're building out a system to, uh, you know, we want to have lots lots of guest contributors um, similar to, to this for moving forward, right? We want to bring in guest experts and hear their stories. So um, So I'm going to sit down with him and figure out, you know, how can we systematize that? Is there some form that we need to send out to people? Is there some PDF that we need to send out? And uh, how can we make that process as smooth as possible? Where are the opportunities to outsource even my team member? Um, I want him to outsource things to virtual assistants and remote workers. So we're really going to sit down and see what is the process to contact a guest author and you know, all the way to promoting their finished piece of content and we're going to figure out how to make that the most efficient we can be and have as little on our in-house team's plate as possible. I love it.
0: And you know what I love about that chair? It speaks to the issue you were talking about earlier about exposure. So you, you tied that in very nicely. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but well done. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well so speaking of new ideas, we're going to step into a time machine. So, you ready to do a little time travel?
1: Absolutely. All right. I'm, I'm going to listen to Audible while we're in there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and here's the deal.
0: Last year, I asked... Across the board, I asked my guests to go back in time, but the show is called Moving Forward, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something very different, and so far the, the responses have been really tremendous, and I'm excited to ask you, as someone who is constantly moving forward, we're going to travel ahead five years, and you're going to visit your future self, tell me who Will Mitchell is in five years.
1: Yes, that's a very good question. This is the type of question that all entrepreneurs should be asking themselves but most uh most neglect. So, um it's probably been a while since I've asked myself this question. I think where we're trying to get with Startup Bros is something similar to what Tim Ferriss has done, something similar to what Tony Robbins has done. Obviously, these are the behemoths of mm-hmm. our little uh info info marketing industry. So, um so That's where we're trying to get. And we want that level of influence, or I should say I want that level of influence, um, because I think that's what it's going to take to destroy this idea of colleges and the nine to five job. Uh, I really think within the next five years and, you know, for better or for worse, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. But, um, but I, I do think in the next five years, you're probably going to have a recession or a downturn. Yeah. On the next recession and downturn, I think we're finally going to pass into that area where when people are hiring for a position, they're not even going to look at college experience. They're not going to look at education uh, because it doesn't tell you anything anymore. Yeah. So I want to make sure that in five years, we we've done enough to push that message that you don't need colleges, you don't need nine-to-five jobs, that by the time that next downturn comes and people are once again confused about what they're going to do with their future, it's just obvious that you don't need to depend on others to, to have a great future. Uh, you can get out there and literally start blogging, start selling on Amazon, start uh, doing podcasts, whatever it is. Um, that's where the entire economy is going. So I hope within five years that, that through pushing this anti-job and anti-college message uh, that we've really had a big impact. And I hope that impact you know, ha- has gotten us closer to that Tim Ferriss, that Seth Godin, um, that Gary Vee, kind of that um, atmosphere, because uh, yeah, that's obviously a little bit higher than where we're at right now. Well, you got
0: your work cut out for you for the next five years. But I think the, the future is looking brighter with future will. And so I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, Will, how yeah. can our listeners connect with you and learn about all of the amazing work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I appreciate everyone listening, and uh, hopefully you got lots of value out of it. You can connect with me at uh, startuprose.com. My personal email is will at startuprose.com. I'm I'm still answering uh, about 90% of the emails that I get, so feel free to shoot me an email. And uh, you can get with us on Facebook, um, Twitter, and uh, I I also spend a lot of time on Facebook on my personal profile too, so you can also go to facebook.com slash willmitchell and uh, add me there as well. Fantastic. And Will, I would
0: love to have you close out the show. So what parting wisdom would you like to pass on to Moving Forward listeners?
1: It's going to be dangerous, John. It's going to be dangerous because my advice, and I do this to to my listeners all the time too, uh, it's dangerous advice to give for people like us. But I think you guys, after listening to this, if you are inspired, if you are primed and ready to take action – You should stop listening to podcasts. Don't go to my website. Don't go to the next (laughs) podcast. If you are inspired right now, you have to capitalize on that. Um, Inspiration is a fleeting feeling. And when you're inspired, it feels like you're going to be inspired forever, but it will go away. And there's going to be points in your entrepreneurial career where there's six, 12 months that you're just not feeling it. So when you have that inspiration, you need to stop learning and start doing. It's always really I always think about this consumption versus production hat Um, as as, you know, people in America, especially we're all consumers. So we all have our consumer hat on all the time. You're consuming information. You're consuming a podcast right now. So we're all consuming information. But to be a successful business owner, you have to be a producer, so you have to recognize when you are consuming in a situation like this, learning is really dangerous because it feels productive, but you're not actually building anything for a customer. So make sure that after a session like this or whenever you feel inspired, you have the courage to, to take action, to stop learning and start doing. And if you're inspired, I think that's the next step to take right now. I- we thought that's an amazing way to cap off this episode. Will, I want to thank you so much
0: for taking time out of your super busy schedule to join us today to share your story and some incredible knowledge bursts so that our listeners can do that. They can take action and move forward. Thank you so much, Will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: And listeners, check it out once again, com. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at Be Moving Forward. And start moving forward. Take that action. And if you're still going to listen, join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.